We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, Niners 1 0, uh, was not the greatest close to a game I've ever seen, but W's a W, right? Yeah, we'll take it. Well, well, actually, I'm watching Matt Stafford throw 80 yard bombs, and actually, it's making me angrier by the second. But, uh, <laughs> but and, before, then I'm watching, and then I'm watching Justin Fields do what he does. But yeah, before we get to the good stuff here, yeah, let's do a little housekeeping. So, a couple things to note. We are going to do a green room on Wednesday this week make sure to check out the social feeds for the time we're going to be giving away another gift certificate to pacific catch to the best question call whatever it may be uh very excited we appreciate our friends over pacific catch for hooking us up here Uh, i actually have pacific catch tonight delicious my man um and then also we got some news and we will let you guys know more about this coming up but we are excited to be partnering with playback to do some watch parties this year. Yeah, Online we've re- watch parties. Ooh, we've already trialed the technology, Sam. Should we say trialed? It's it's incredible. I mean, I was I was shocked, not because I didn't think anything of playback, but just because how the hell did they do this? I mean, it's just going to allow users to watch the game with us, interact with us. We're not going to do our we're not going to announce the whole game like Fitz. We would never tread on Fitz's thing. But hey, if you feel like you want another way to watch the game with everyone else that's I mean, a Warriors fan? Join us. Yeah, so we'll be putting out more info in a couple of weeks. We're going to do some beta testing, premium only, by the way, for preseason and probably half the broadcast. We will give you the Hell info, yeah. but we we feel pretty strongly this is going to be a fun value add for the Light Years community. And, um, I, dude, I'm just hyped because we've, we've played with the tech. It's just – it's one of those things where – you're going to have to trust Andy and Sam here that we know what we're talking about. And if it fails, by all means, slam us. You know, just get on Twitter and be like, you guys are frauds. Just tell us. But it's cool. So we got watch parties coming up. We got a Wednesday night um, green room where we're going to give away another gift certificate to the best caller for Pacific Catch. And we got Seth Partnow coming on the show tonight. But before we get to Seth, should we, should we a couple minutes on the Niners? Yeah, let's do a couple of minutes on what I think. I mean, I'm biased, but one of the most interesting teams in the in the NFL. I mean, they're, Trey Lance. They're legitimate. There's no way around that. Well, no. I don't. I don't know, Samuel. I don't know. Are they legitimate? Do, do I say, legitimate am mean? I like the voice of reason? Because I've. This is a funny thing. So oh, you know, um, obviously, I grew up more Raiders fan. They moved away, so I'm now officially like, I want the Niners to win. Nothing would make me happier than the Niners winning a Super Bowl. But, like, I don't have that. It's not deep in my bones the way it is with you. You know what I'm saying? I get really I get really angry. I think you see me get really angry with the Niners. More, much more so than the Warriors, it feels like. Yeah, because football kind of brings that out yeah. of you where you're like, uh, this. it's, you know, once a week. Uh, it's like it's like four straight games where Steve Kerr plays James McAdoo <laughs> instead of just one night. So, it's that type of thing. Um, I don't know, man. I thought their Sunday game. My big take from it was it's week one and that fourth quarter was embarrassing, but like, right. right. It might actually do them some good that, you know, instead of winning 45 to 10, 
uh, Detroit kind of showed him up a little bit at the end, just to like, hey guys, you, you can be beat if you don't focus. Yeah, I think the fourth is a little fluky. I actually went back and rewatched a lot of that. I guess the the only bad thing out of that fourth to me, because it was a little fluky. I mean, Verrett's gone. Sounds sounds like he's gone for the season. And uh, this team, if you look at the cornerbacks, and that's and that's a big. Ooh. There's no around that. I mean, Ooh. they are. They might start a, me and you. It might be me and you back there for week two. And then Jalen Hurts. Bosa gets out of the blocks like he did week one. It doesn't matter. You know, you, I can you can hold a guy for one for one second. I know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So I mean, that that's the problem. I uh, the Jimmy the Jimmy stuff is the best part. I, I find it because neither of us are football experts. On the timeline, I think the most fun that I've seen is the the Jimmy G. Um, there, there. It's it appears to me there are people that are very very happy whenever Jimmy G makes a good play, and then there are people that are constantly pessimistic about this Trey Lance Jimmy G situation. So I think it's all it's all pretty hilarious. But Jimmy G played well. Uh, he played well. He did. Uh, it, it's. Vintage Jimmy G, first snap fumble oh. turnover, <laughs> and, oh. then, and then he goes on to uh, actually have a nice little game. Like in general, after that play, you're like you can't really ask for more than what he did. <laughs> I mean, the, the the one that was probably the funniest was the wobbler that he threw to Debo that some people were saying was a great pass that I thought was pretty funny. Like, come on, hey, come on, come on, some set people. the bar higher. <laughs> Let's set the bar higher, guys. Let's set the bar higher. We we could do better than uh little wobbler up the seam there or not up the seam of the sideline that went 20 yards. But uh, I don't know. Do I think this team, I mean, I watched Kyler play today. I'm watching Matt Stafford play and I watched Russell Wilson Kyler I in mean, the same division in the same division. Yeah. Ooh. That's that's my big takeaway. I'm like, which one of these teams is not making the playoffs? Cause they can't all make the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess technically they can, but the point most stays. likely three, two, yeah. three, most likely two, maybe, maybe probably three. And it's like, the, war, the Niners seem to have the fourth best quarterback in that, in that grouping. Yeah, think, but they probably the have the show. best or second best roster. Like them and the Rams right. are very clearly the most balanced teams. Kyler and Russ are just kind of magicians. Like there's no other <laughs> around it. Like, I, I mean, I have Kyler on my fantasy team. Smart Fan, man. It's easy to confuse fantasy with real football because you like watch him. You're like, it's the dude, man. It's, it's over. And it's like, he will, he will make more home run plays than anyone in the NFL, but that doesn't always translate to W's, even though it did today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big, big season. Kyle Shanahan has a lot. It's kind of like Steve Kerr. I mean, this is a Warriors podcast. That's the stuff that kind of makes me, both guys have a lot on their plate. I think Kyle Shanahan has a lot riding on this season to say, can he actually develop a quarterback? This is kind of the first time he's ever to the quarterback that he picked. And uh, I'm watching Trey Lance run in and out of the game and, Tim, I can't, I can't get over it. It, it annoys me to to hell. It's just running in and out of the game. The guy who's a number three pick that you traded three first rounders. Oh, see, it doesn't so bother. Big that season for Kyle. Me. That doesn't Ugh. bother me because I I know it's not a long term thing. I think it's like, for me, it's like a bullpen game in baseball where it's like, you know, this isn't your go to move. It's just something you're trying to do to generate a quick W to like push it. Like it, it, Trey's are going to be the starter long term. But like right now, he's got a quarterback who's better than Trey, and Trey's kind of young and hasn't figured stuff out. So it's like a gimmick way to like get them both in the game. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much because I know it's not like long term. But I I also think that the plays that Jimmy made today were they really that difficult to make? Could 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 Trey not have just made processing speed? Yeah, right. Hey, by the way, Mac Jones. Mac Jones looks incredible. <laughs> Mac Jones looks incredible in New England. Do you, think, do you think Kyle texted the, the Niners front office going like, eh, see, <laughs> not. this is the guy I wanted. I told you guys not to overrule me on this. Maybe, maybe I'm not an idiot, guys. <laughs> Mac and this Niners, I, I, hey, look, I wasn't also, was like everyone else, wasn't a fan of Mac, but my God, like he looks, he looks incredible. He looks like he's going to be a very good player for a long time. But, but I just, back to Trey and Jimmy, I just, Watching Jimmy, though, I guess the one take I have is uh, it feels like Trey can make 80% of the throws that Jimmy can make right now anyway. I don't think that there's anything Jimmy's doing out there that's, oh, my God, only Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> can make those plays today. Like, only he, only Jimmy could have made that wobbler pass. Like, only he could have made that 10-yard wide open slant route pass to, to Debo. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, anyway, wins a win. Wins a win. We're on to Philadelphia. All right. Let's, let's get to Seth Partnow. Let's talk some Warriors basketball. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Special guest, the much requested from The Athletic, uh, the man who discovered Giannis in the, the backwoods of Greece. No. Seth, Seth Partno. Seth, how you doing, my man? I'm doing quite well, thank you. <laughs> are you not, not going to take credit for Seth? For, uh, for Giannis? I mean, that would have been a neat trick, uh, discovering him uh, like four years before I worked there. So, yeah, no. <laughs> There you Set. go. Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, yes, I'll take credit for everything. Sure. Why not? <laughs> All right, man. So, so we are two weeks away from NBA camps opening, give or take. Uh, weird that it's already coming around. And I feel like, okay, so you, you do a national show. Do you feel like the Warriors uh, have outsized intrigue relative to kind of where they are as a roster at this point? Uh, it depends on who you asked. Uh, sure. Certainly, I get asked about the Warriors more than I think they'll be relevant. Ooh. If I if I can if I can just come, you Uh-oh. know, take the heel, just make the heel turn right at the start of the pod. No, I, I <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. Their upside is closer to interesting and feisty rather than one of the teams we need to be talking about. Almost barring you know a big move. Um, that that's my caveat. So I'll, I'll say, I feel like the yeah. Warriors roster is, it's, it's like, they're just, um, they're kicking the can over from last year. Like it's a little better than last year. Things can change with them Re- relative to their cap position. They have a little bit of flexibility in the trade market with everything they have. Like the one thing, I think it's abundantly clear. They were not interested in trading Kuminga or Wiseman just for like a marginal upgrade. They want to see kind of if they can make the big fish splash. Otherwise they want to go the development route. Um, which, you know, we can talk about that, but, um, so, so let's, let's start on that. Where are you with this Warriors roster versus what they entered last year with? I mean, I think they're better than they, they were last year. A lot of it is sort of pending Clay Thompson and, you know, I've, I, he's long been a favorite player of mine, but two years off coming off of two of the more debilitating injuries that are reasonably common in pro basketball players. I, you know, you have to wonder what, what level he reaches uh, this year. If he's, you know, if he's, if he's an all-star, that's, that's one thing. If he's a pretty good two guard, that's another thing. If he is just, if he basically is, is now completely just a spot up shooter, that's a third thing. And like, we just don't know until we see one way or the other. I don't even, I, I don't even feel like I'm in a, in a, position to like put odds on any of those outcomes other than acknowledging that there's a pretty reasonable chance of, of all of them. If you, if you were the warriors, let's say you were the, let's say the warriors, Joey stole you over and said, you know what, Seth, you got Giannis help us find the next, the next guy. What would you have done differently this off season? If, if you were the warriors, well, I think we talked about this last offseason, actually, where I would have every offseason. Yeah. Well, no, but no, but last offseason, like I was, I was all like trade the pick. Yeah. Um, right. You know, that and and I I would still be um 
you know, if your your window to win is however long Steph Curry has as a top, whatever top single digit player in in the league, um, and that's that that, that doesn't one, have one of the more. one of the handful of guys who's good enough to be the best player on a title yeah. team. Yeah, well, one of the handful of guys that you don't need a lot of other things to to you know you don't need the the perfect confluence of events. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is probably good enough to be the best player on a championship team if everything goes perfectly. Uh, you don't need everything to go perfectly. You just need everything to go decently okay, and then and Steph is still good enough. Um, but if, but that's your window. So why are you why are you? I don't want to say wasting time, but it's it's sort of at cross purposes with adding guys who are going to be at their best four years from now. And and we don't even know what that best is. Um, so I, I thought they should have traded the pick last year. I um, I'm not surprised they didn't try to make a move this year, or maybe they tried to, but not not surprised they didn't make a, a big move this year. But I certainly would would have been, you know, uh, going after who's who's the big star that's available. Is it is it Ben Simmons? Is it Bradley Beal? Do they, they think they can get in on on you know Damian Lillard before he you know, is officially on the, on the block. I don't know, but your window is the next two to three years. And the likelihood of a guy you, you drafted, especially, you know, okay. James Wiseman, we can, we can say certain things about him after his first year. Um, and it's, it's unlikely right. he's going to be a, you know, a championship level player in the next, in the next year or two. Um, and frankly, the likelihood of, of either first run pick this year, they have being a, playoff difference maker at least this year is pretty low i understand both perspectives on it like i think more of our listeners are probably in line with you where they're just like trade them even if you run the risk that you have the Kawhi leonard for george hill scenario right like i think people don't realize how low the percentages are of that happening you know, but that's like the perfect, like, oh yeah, Indiana got a really good player, a player that every team would want, but they gave up an MVP, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, I understand not wanting to quote unquote sell on high potential for kind of just a solid rotation starting caliber player. Um, I also understand the other perspective to it. And I feel like the Warriors in general, just look, they, they've signaled to this point that they're they're not interested in trading these players unless it's for someone who they really like, you know, like, so we can, we can talk about it in those contexts. Like, I just don't know if that is the move they should be doing at this point, because it kind of undersells the core and they would tell you this is where we get to my real question here. They would tell you it's irresponsible for them to do anything until they see what clay is. They're, whether we want to take it a spin or anything, they feel until they have an idea of where Clay is, like, can Clay get back to what he was? Is he just a good starter who can get hot? Or is he kind of JJ Redick and Kyle Korver or something like that, where he's just kind of a spot up threat? Those offer different team building paths and they don't want to, you know, quote unquote, trade what they have only to find out that clay is not what they thought and then to be stuck. I mean, there, there's some logic to that. On the other hand, you know, not making a decision is making a decision. So that that's, that's a, kicking the can down the road by saying we need to wait and see, well, there there's moves that were made this summer that, well, we can't think about doing that because we have to wait for clay. Um, while I understand the impetus to want to wait and see, you do have to take, you know, that there's, there's an element of risk-taking uh, involved that, okay, okay, we make this move, we need Clay to be X percentage of his, of, of what he previous, was. Yeah. yeah, previous. And then it's a great deal. Um, you know, that, was that deal out there? I don't know, but I don't think that the hard and fast, no, we're not doing anything. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's responsible. And frankly, I'm not sure that's what they did. I think that's, that's a, you know, having having not found the big trade um that that's certainly a reasonable way to spin it in terms of no we that's we, we tried and failed or no we're we were we were waiting we're waiting and seeing i mean that, I think that's from, the other part i feel like yeah. everyone who they talked to is probably like yeah we'll take them all 
give us all the picks, give us some future ones too. And they're like, mm, that's, that's a lot for your player well, who's not changing the needle. Well, I guess let's, let's, which then begs the question. I know you got the rundown saying, so I'm going to run right through it. Cause we'll do player <laughs> rankings. after. We'll do player rankings after, but which begs the question, Ben Simmons. Right. So, so Seth, Seth, where are your, where are your thoughts on, uh, for those that don't know, where are your thoughts on that? Because Sam, well, I think I'm more in than Sam. I, I don't even know if I like Ben Simmons that much. I would just trade it all for him because I think he's just a super talented player that Andy hates rookies. I just, if you kick it, can down the road, how far is the damn road, man? Like it's not, not going that much longer. Like you only got so much time and, and this kid's 25 and he's got some talent and, and just get him in here and see what happens. I'm in for it. So where are you with, uh, with him? Um, I've said this a number of different places, like the, the, the fit of his skill set with style of play. It's hard to find a better one than, than the Warriors. Like, I, I, I know you guys have talked about, you know, the, the, the challenges of doing kind of a, the, the so simple, it's very complicated kind of read and react, play, all five players making decisions kind of style that, 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 that Steve Kerr wants to play. Uh, find me a better a better scenario to right. maximize what Ben Simmons can do than that alongside, you know, three other smart players, two of whom, you know, can shoot the hell out of the ball. Like, okay, Draymond and, and Simmons, like neither of them can really shoot. But for that to matter, you have to be able to find them, to sag off of them. And I, I have to imagine the, the just in my head, a Warriors lineup with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Ben Simmons, you never know where they're going to be because any you, sort of you assume the You assume the fifth guy can shoot the ball and yeah, yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. No, but but any any sort of action you can imagine, any four of those guys could wind up in any spot in those actions. So, you know, the, Yes, if you knew where Simmons is going to be, you can you can sag off of him. But all of a sudden, he's he's running into a dribble handoff with Steph. All of a sudden, he's he's coming out of the short corner. All of a sudden, he's he's you know making a cut off of you know the you know Draymond sets a back screen for Steph on one side, and, and Simmons is cutting down the middle like on on like the a Wade cut or something like that. Okay, you didn't see that coming. Now what do you do? And now you've got a you've got a very talented six ten guy who can pass and finish and, and make decisions with the ball. I think the, the Warriors would be an extremely intriguing fit and flip it on the other side. Um, he doesn't fit with how they want to play defensively. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I have, I have like two separate questions on this one. So one, let's start on the offensive side. The shooting always gets the uh, the praise with the Warriors. And like, why wouldn't it? You have two of the five best shooters of all time. Maybe two, the two best shooters of all time, to be honest. But um, I feel like the defining quality of the Warriors is more that they just played a bunch of guys who have high IQs. Like, they, they, it was just kind of like, they're going to eventually make the right decision if you just kept reading and reacting, right? So that kind of speaks to, if you're looking from a team-building perspective, uh, decision making is almost at a higher premium than shooting for the Warriors, at least up to a certain point. But like having Stephen Clay alleviates a lot of those spacing issues. I think I thought that last year, like some of the the you know the Steph with and without Wiseman splits got overblown a little bit. I mean, some of that is just like Steph got hot and Wiseman was hurt, right? But I think there, but there is something. But there was also something to the fact that just from a everyone moving ball finding energy, ball finding the right spot, right? Like it kind of made more sense with uh, with Toscano Anderson right. than it did with Wiseman yeah, at this point I mean, in his yeah. career. I mean, um, yeah. And I think that that I think illustrates your point of of yes, having like having the very few kind of set actions and just reading and reacting. Yeah. You need guys who have, have high levels of feel to be able to make those reads in the moment. And Ben Simmons is a guy who, who I think can do that at a very high level. And part of the reason why he's an imperfect fit with, with Joel Embiid is, you know, for a, an elite post-op player, it's not, it's not so much read and react as it is get into actions that can get him the ball on the block. And, you know, what I said earlier about never being able to find him defensively uh, in Philly's offense, at least the last couple of years, it's, oh, there he is. Okay. Well, that there's where the help's coming from. Um, and, and I don't, I just don't think that's the, that is as possible with a, with an offense as random 
as the one the Warriors would like to play or I think could play uh, in that lineup construction. They, I don't even would, know if they changed the offense that much. Like, I, don't, I don't think there would be a real reason to. Like the JTA Wiseman stuff makes so much because it's it's not that JTA is a better dunker or that he can shoot or he can or space he's more the floor. Talented. He's just mm-hmm. or he's more t- than Wiseman, right? It's just it's just the guy knows how to play basketball and Wiseman doesn't. Um, and and that just in itself helped this team go. F- I mean, was one of the reasons why this team went fifteen and five the last twenty games. So it's like if you put Ben Simmons on the Lakers, and it's like yeah, I could see that offensive scheme probably not working or maybe not working. Or if you put him on like something like that, maybe the a team with James Harden, like those Rockets team, probably not because you're kind of just banging the the floor. But with this team, it's like uh, I'm with you. Just, so- could he not? Can he not? Could he have not played the Westbrook role in that that last that last Houston game? True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Andy meant more in context of you yeah, already yeah. have Harden and Westbrook, and yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. then it becomes tough with especially yeah. when it's just watching those guys. But I mean, you're I, I hadn't even thought about it that way where it's like he's the perfect fit. I think we spent so much time saying like he could work, like theoretically it could all make sense. But just thinking about it from like it actually is the best fit for him. It's fascinating. I mean, he's he's like the 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 platinum version of Sean Livingston. <laughs> That's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's the same concept and the Warriors got a lot of mileage out of Livingston, Iguodala, Draymond together lineups. And none of those guys are getting a defender, picking them up from 25. That's for sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, you can starting with Stephen clay, you can get away with a lot. And then like you said, like you said, just having guys who are, who are smart and can be, we, we use, we use, you know, spacing and shooting as shorthand for making the defense have to guard you. But that's not the only thing you can do to, to occupy defenders. Um, and, and I think, I think the, the Livingston and Guadala, even though that was, you know, a slightly earlier era in the NBA where spacing, you know, where four and five out wasn't quite as big Probably. a thing as it is now, but still they they found plenty of space, even with those lineups. Yeah, I mean, in general, if you're moving faster in the defense, you're getting them out of position, which is like ultimately the end of the Warriors run, like um, that iteration against Toronto was purely IQ. Like Toronto should have wiped the floor with them just because they had more players who are more in their physical prime with more talent. But the Warriors... I mean, they they pushed them pretty far and maybe could have beaten them if Clay didn't go down just purely on we're smarter and we move the ball faster than you think at a certain point. And from that standpoint, like, yeah, Ben Simmons is on the short list of like guys who are not point guards who think the game like a point guard. Like he's huge. Like it's just not that easy to find guys that size who think like point guards, which he does. Yeah, no, and I think that that he is one of the players in the league right now who is there's so much focus on what he can't do and what there's right. not to like about him. It, it's it's impossible to to the the needle the, the the pendulum has swung so far against him <laughs> that that you know this is a this is legitimately a top twenty five ish player in the league who suddenly people are talking mm-hmm. about like he's going to be out of the league in two years. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. You know, come on, like certainly better than Andrew Wiggins. That's you know, let's we're setting the bar high here. Then, yeah, well, hey, so you would be surprised by Warriors fans. I know I'm just talking about a subsect of five Warriors fans. There are a lot of Warriors fans that believe that because Andrew Wiggins is a decent offensive player and and he could made a lot of threes last season and you know carried the bench a little bit at times. And he's a that, good defensive player. And he's a good defensive player, though. That I'm not sure how that case works against Ben Simmons, uh, but that that it's hard <laughs> to. Uh, I wasn't a shot at you, said, but it's just it's hard to to move away from Wiggins in that situation. I mean, you'd be surprised Warriors fans feeling that way, and so that that's what I think is also pretty pretty fascinating here. I I always find it ironic that like you know part of the reason I feel like Warrior fans love Wiggins at this state is because you know he kind of came to the Warriors with the worst reputation ever, mm-hmm. and then 
we saw like he's not a bad player. He's just like he was a player who was miscast in Minnesota. Like he he was never going to be what Minnesota needed him to be. Yeah. You know who else, right? And, and that's and that's the else? iron. That's the the entire irony of like can't give up Wiggins for Ben Simmons. I'm like you do realize, except Ben Simmons has been miscast and already an All Star multiple <laughs> true, times. True. And like Wiggins was was you know one of the the you know the last couple of years in Minnesota was one of the more negative players in the game. So miscast from there to, yeah, pretty decent player who just has paid, you know, $18 million a year too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and versus Ben Simmons, who is playing not an ideal role and has made all-star teams playing not an ideal role. So make that. Yeah. I was First off, I agree with you, but make this case because I feel like it's, you know, my tongue runs dry. The defensive <laughs> difference between the two, because I feel like a, well, I don't feel like, I know for a fact, we don't talk about defense with the nuance we talk about offense. In other words, people are like, oh, Wiggins is a good defender. So how much is Benson is going to, and we would never say like, oh, Kemba is a good offensive player. How much is Steph going to improve your offense? You know, like there's not the level of nuance or like just because Wiggins is good doesn't mean Ben Simmons can't take your defense to a wholly another level. And and Wiggins at this point is a is a fine wing defender, good help side guy. Is he is he locking like top level players down? Is he can he guard one through four and some fives credibly? Like you know, they're Philly's some of Philly's best defensive stuff in in obviously in the second round playoff series was okay. This the six eleven guy is guarding Trey Young, and and that's you know that's where they're 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 having some of their best success. Um, I don't think Andrew Wiggins is, is guarding waterboat point guards, is he? And uh, by the way, something that, that kind of matters for the Warriors because I don't think you want Steph guarding those guys a lot. And, and Clay definitely or Clay or Clay. Yeah. And, injuries. Yeah. yeah. And 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 counting on exactly counting on Clay to do that for 20, 25 minutes a night is I mean, maybe, but I like that's that's not something I would go into this season counting on. So I think that's a big part of it is just the, the, the versatility and just, you know, and on top of that, the ability to sort of key fast breaks, uh, whether, right. whether right. through, you know, getting his hands on balls, getting rebounds, leading the break himself. I mean, it, you know, Wiggins is a good finisher in transition. Simmons is transition, you know, maybe not, maybe not to the extent of like, you know, Russell Westbrook, but he's, he is a strong driver of transition play, which, you know, for a team that that in certainly in some lineups might struggle to score in the half court, pretty useful. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors want to be in transition. I, I I found that interesting. I went back and watched a bunch of the post game press conferences, which is a very sad thing to do in the offseason. Yeah, what are you? What the? F- <laughs> Every time they lost, the first thing Ben Simmons would always talk about is how they slowed the pace down. And some of it's self-serving. He knows he's a transition. Like he's not, he's not a half-court player in the way Philly wants to play. Like it's just not good for him. And some of that's his own fault. Like maybe work on your jumper a little more. But um, the other part of it is, you know, he wants to get out and run. And we know every player on the Warriors who matters wants to run. Like Steph. Never want Clay to. transition threes. They don't want to be in the half court. They all yeah, want to, they want the easiest offense possible. So from that standpoint, like, I, I don't know if there's like a pace number they can hit. That's like transcendent, but it would be a nightmare because you'd just be taking it outlet and then just you're, you're in transition the whole time. And the number of guys who can do that, you know, with, with, you know, a lineup with, with Steph and Draymond and, and Simmons, like any of those guys ends up with the rebound or gets the outlet pass and you're, you're off. I don't think there's a lot of teams in the league that have, have multiple guys who can really key a transition attack that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, where now, Seth, <laughs> do you draw? Well, now the interesting, this is where Sam and I disagree. Um, I would trade Wiseman, Kaminga and picks and Wiggins. Now this is under the theoretical that, uh, Damian Miller goes to Philly. It's the three team trade that everybody knows that that guesses, yeah. right? That's the one. So it's it's Dame to Philly, uh, poo poo platter to, to Portland, and uh, and the Warriors get Ben Simmons. So where do you draw the line? Do you just go everything, or are you are you kind of on Sam's level where Sam I think is more of a yeah maybe 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 keep Kaminga maybe uh, maybe keep that guy 
but everybody else can go. For me, I'm more of a just. So if you're if you're trading for Simmons to try to win now, I actually kind of think that the, that Moody is more likely to be helpful, right? In in that role in the I next love cu- this. in love the next couple this. of years. Um, I got it. like yes the 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 upside of Kaminga is is higher because because I don't think there's Moody doesn't come in profiling as a guy who's who's likely to break much out of kind of a three sure. and D type, sure. type mold, uh, but that's an easier role to fit into. So play defense, have long arms, make jump shots, maybe occasionally run a pick and roll or something like that in the next couple of years. Um, that's, that's sort of a skill set that Moody is much closer to having than Kaminga is to whatever his undefined kind of best role or, or best, best way of deploying him. He could be anything. Even yeah. Kuminga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He could be anything. He he can maybe he can maybe be as good as Ben Simmons. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you on on that standpoint of I have a harder time giving up Moody or Jordan Poole. Also, you can throw him in there too. Because it's like at this point, we know what their skill sets are, and those skill sets fit very nicely with uh what you would be bringing in. So you're talking about like amplifying and building a team that you're hoping can get to the finals and win a title they make more sense than like i mean Kuminga could be the next Kawhi leonard or he could be any other wing with every skill who just like never develops earl clark Um, wow so i didn't see that answer coming set or you like the earl clark one you like that one no no i was gonna say like (laughs) barry jones maybe you like that one the, the jordan the jordan pool point is interesting i think that even though you know, Jordan Poole is kind of proven, certainly over the second half of last year, kind of proven to be like an NBA level player. Um, I like I forced to shoot. If I had to give one of them up, I think I would give Poole up just because I think the size is going to be. You know, I think that if there's if there's something that we've seen consistently over the last couple of years in the playoffs, which if you're making this deal, everything you're doing has to be looking. How does this look? And how, how does this, this look player against work? the Lakers? Yes. How does it wow. well the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, whoever else you're playing sure. in the second round of the playoffs? Like second round plus the playoffs, how does this look against uh, another top eight team in the league? And one of the things I think we've seen over the last couple of years is just ha- the the importance of having guys with size and athletic versatility just around. Um, one of the unsung guys really in the Bucks championship run this year was Pat Connaughton. Like who's not the most skilled player in the world, but he's he is you know he's got good size, great athlete, strong, can shoot a little. Like those are the kinds of guys who, if that's your if that's your you know your third, fourth, fifth perimeter guy, on in in your rotation, those are guys who can who can be on the floor later in the playoffs. Yeah. And Moody is closer to that than even though, you know even though. A game Steph sits out in February, Jordan Poole might give you a little bit more on the ball. I don't want to say who cares, but that's that for, for what the Warriors are trying to do, that matters less, I think. I know that'd be a tough sell. I, don't know that's a, I was going to say, but you're correct because the Warriors literally won titles that way where you're like, man, they could really use another ball handler, little, another pick and roll guard. But they were like, or, or, but you know what you can really use is Sean Livingston in the conference yeah. finals, who's right. six eight and, and not Jamal Crawford. For exactly that, that right. it's it's like that sort of you know, it it might frustrate you you know February versus Sacramento Kings when Steph sits, but you're gonna feel better about it in May versus the Rockets. So yeah, and and I think. I do think that's something that that it it still feels like a lot of contention level teams still don't focus enough on on that when they're when they're making kind of their their peripheral roster decisions um, because you know the difference between like forty eight and fifty one wins who cares like okay maybe maybe you have a slightly easier run you still got to win games so why not have guys on your team who can help you win those games in the playoffs right yeah I think I think the Warriors have a problem where they're not good enough anymore to to say <laughs> uh, we need this guy in the second round against this yeah. team I think no, they're, they're, but if you're yeah. trading for Ben Simmons 
you're trading for Ben Simmons because you think it puts you there. Like you're not, you're not trading, you know, you're not trading, you know, a future pick and two recent lottery guys and whatever else for, for one player. If you don't think that that puts you, all right, we're con- if we, if we do anything short of the conference finals, it's a disaster season. I, I didn't even think about Jordan Poole in this, in this thing. I, I just, he's been untouchable for me ever since I called him one of the worst players in the league as his rookie season. Well, he was. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I think, thanks for backing me up on that. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I think, um, it's a fair point. I so, love so think, what, so, than, so think what James Wiseman will be this year now. <laughs> oh, man. Think of him. Think of Giannis. DeAndre Ayton, but yeah, you know I mean? yeah, even that. Even, that. <laughs> even better. You I found wanted... another one, Seth. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's um, I wanted to talk with you about this, Seth. Uh, and then we got sidetracked uh, talking about Ben Simmons, who is apparently our favorite topic. Yes. Um, pod. But <laughs> that's kind of all there is to talk about. In it's off right season. Now. What are we, we going to yeah. do, right? I mean, are, are you know, are we going to talk about uh, two way contracts or or something? Sam, Sam would probably be down. I, I'm going to mix that <laughs> mix wow. that topic yeah. off the off the. All right, you did your player tier rankings for the Uh-oh. athletic, Uh-oh. which were phenomenal. And were um, they? <laughs> yes, I on. mean, come on, they, they deserve. Uh, they deserve. Tell me how big an RJ Barrett fan you are. Andy. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to be the one that does this. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> so you ranked. I'm, I'm going to focus on the kind of the Warriors core four, which is to say the four players who occupy uh, the largest contracts. Um, you had Steph tier one B, Draymond tier three, Clay tier four, Wiggins tier five. So before we get into it, you know, I, I would urge everyone to read it, but. Uh, it's long, so kind of kind of give us a shorthand version of how you divide those tiers. So, a lot of what we've been talking about feeds into this, which is is sort of not being realistic about where your own players are, and that's sort of where this exercise comes from. And it's every team in the league does something like this, um, uh, and the hardest part is being like almost uh, nitpicky about how high someone goes because you know as we've been talking about when you get to the later round of playoffs, those little differences like, okay, our guy's almost as good as their guy, but except for these two or three little things and those two or three little things all of a sudden become enormous and you lose four, two in a playoff series. And it's like, Oh wait, those things matter. Um, so, you, so part of it is, is, is looking with a really kind of hard, hard eye at where each player is. And then beyond that, it's, just looking historically at about how many players each year reach a certain level of performance and, and that using that as a guide for um, kind of how many guys should be in sort of each group. Um, You've used the word rankings, which I don't like to use because I think certainly within, within each tier or sub tier um, you know, I might have a preference of one guy or another, but who would you rather have is, is in most cases, it depends, um, you know, who, who, who else you have on your team. It, it, you know, would you rather have, you know, uh, uh, I try to think of, of two guys on, on the same tier and, and, and blanking right now, like Joe Ingles or, or Robert Covington or something like that as in like, it, it, you know, you might have a preference for one or the over the other, but the, the real answer is it depends. Like who else do we have on our team? What do we need more? Um, so that's, a that's the starting point. And so then that breaks it down into the tiers break down into almost the, the defined contract levels, uh, that the, the CBA has. So tier one guys are guys who are give or take worth the 35% max, the super max, uh, to, uh, over the course of recent NBA history, there's been between three and seven players every year who kind of perform at that level. Um, next group down is kind of the top 20 ish guys. They're the 30% max and on down the line. Um, so that, that's sort of the empirical backing of how, of how it got there. And then, you know, looking not just at regular season production, but looking very heavily at how well does this player perform in the role that he would need to play on a top level team. Um, and so that's where you get, okay, the guys who are, unquestionably like this guy can be like the number one guy on a title favorite team. And that get, that gets me to, you know, 
LeBron, KD, Giannis, Kawhi pending injury kind of kind of situation is I think where I, where I had it. Um, I don't I may I may have had James Harden up there. I don't remember. I, it's been so you had Harden in the same tier of stuff. That seems okay. I wouldn't so, have invited you on if you had him. Okay. Yeah. No, so yeah, so we no. Were. So it was it was it was it was just no. I think I had it was Kawhi. just the three guys. It yeah. was it was Giannis, yeah. KD, LeBron, and, and, then, and then and then the Ka- rest of the guys. And then, and then Kawhi is kind of if if he wasn't coming off an ACL, he would be in that tier as well. And then Steph, largely because of 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 sort of the size issue and and the fact that. Uh, that I think that that uh, Memphis almost showed a little something about what teams might try to do uh, in, in a postseason series in in the future as he kind of as he slows down a little bit as he gets into his you know early to early mid thirties um, just a step just a tiny step down along with uh, you know with with Jokic and and Harden and and Kawhi yeah yeah I, I guess my only uh, and I I loved. Uh, quote tweeting this piece after reading it because because it gets to it, nothing gets Warriors fans going more than well they just themselves Warriors fans just like being mad at stuff um so when this popped up I just, I couldn't wait I, I guess my only pushback on it Seth is I I do feel like Seth uh, Steph is just such a better offensive player than everyone else on this list first I would have had Kawhi and Steph in tier one just because they're winners unlike unlike James Harden but like I would I, I I do feel like Steph's ability to generate offense and wins. Now, I think part of it is is moving forward. He is smaller and he is just as old as some of these other guys like 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 LeBron, even though he's a little bit younger. But like his offensive value is so much higher to me than really any any player in the league that it feels like it. it how should I say it? It makes the defensive stuff a little less like LeBron, LeBron needs AD to play defense. Right. Giannis kind of needs, well, actually Giannis is just awesome, uh, but he can't shoot. Like there are just, there are just things around it. And I feel like Steph's offense is good enough to, to put him in that tier. But again, it's also kind of, I think it's picking nits. It's picking nits. Yeah. Like it's tier one and tier one B. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't I, know. I think it's, to... I think it's, I think it's just like, there's just a little bit more margin for error in building around a KD or, uh, I mean, if, I mean, if you wanted to, if you want to just put like Durant, like on a, you know, if you want to call Katie the best player in the world and say he's the easiest player to, to build around in the NBA and he should be in a group all by himself, I'm not going to argue with you. Like if I if I did do this as rankings, like I would have had him him first, just you know, because not only is he awesome, but he's also the most malleable superstar. Yeah, you could put anything around. You put him. you put, it, you put yeah, anything yeah. around him, and it works. You can make and him I your think, point guard. You can play him off ball. Yeah. You can make him your center. You can you know, you can go all yeah. down the line. So. Yeah, no, I think, and I think that just in large part because of their size, like uh, LeBron and Giannis, just just give you a that little bit more margin for error in who like who your second best guy should be. Yeah, I hear you. You can you can sign Patty Mills and get an approximation of good guard play with one of those guys. It's a little you got to find guys with size and a specific skill set around Steph just because he's small. Like it's worth noting, Steph is literally the only guy in your tier one who is not a multi-positional like yeah, gi- giant, really. It's so it kind of speaks to just how freakish he is. Again, we don't size. count Harden. Again, we don't count Harden on this podcast. I mean, Harden's <laughs> huge and then it's you know he's wide and. All these different ways. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, I, I, we've heard we've heard so much about his post defense over the years. So that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it, don't post up on Harden. It's I still don't understand don't. why teams do that, though. I'm going to be honest. Like even the Warriors fell <laughs> in that trap a little bit. But anyway, well, okay. yeah. Somehow, you always first off, I don't know why you'd end up ever posting up Harden. But yes, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I, I want to take this to so I I feel like your case for Clay being tier four is purely. I don't know what he is health. Uh, and there's nothing to really talk about there. It's like, yes, right. we can all like right. Andy and I can talk an hour about how he's going to exceed health outcomes because, you know, he's right. a warrior and we love him and whatever, but like, we don't, well, we don't need KD and, and, you know, in the last year we've had, you know, sure. two pretty, I mean, KD, but also, I mean, if you want to look at the WNBA side, Brianna Stewart also like, came back from it from an Achilles and was also like the best player in, in, in the WNBA right. bubble last year. So it's, it's, you know, there is maybe the, the rehab and the, the surgical techniques and stuff have improved uh, to the point where it's no longer. And I think we've seen some better recent outcomes like 
Rudy Gay has been a pretty good player for the you know the last couple of years. So sure. I thought even yeah. John Wall looked good before you know they decided to shut down the season, which I'm not convinced was health and more about tanking. <laughs> but yeah. Like I mean, I mean, just come on, man. They they wanted know, Jalen I, Green. I know, I, I, and they got uh, but him. like, but the point stands. He came back from his Achilles and he moved really well. So, um, but the two who are interesting are Draymond and Wiggins. Draymond. So walk me through where you're at with Draymond Green as a player in 2021, 2022, not as you know a, a romanticized you know what he was at the peak of the Warriors run. I mean, he's still a. a an all defense level player and he's very, I mean, he's the comparison between him and in, in, in many ways, he's almost Ben Simmons with better PR. <laughs> ben like, Simmons with a star who wants to run instead of post up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and a guy who is, who's probably more media friendly than, than Simmons. I think, I mean, I think he's, he's consi- been more consistent, a more consistently effective player. Sure. Uh, in then the in the at least in the postseason that then Simmons has been um but but a guy who you know is still you know a, an elite defender and one of the you know the best in the the non Nikola Jokic division one of the the best front court passers in the league still um and I, you could see it in in Steph's you know splits with and without him i mean he was a um a a sort of a great refractor for for Steph uh, last year, maybe that's that's as much a function of of the Warriors not really having a lot of other ball movers on the roster last year, and that's why Draymond stood out. Um, he's also a guy who's kind of on the cliff of I think the sort of the age and athleticism fronts. I mean, again, he's a guy who is who uh, undersized, not a not a massive over the top athlete. So it hits a point where small differences, small declines in in kind of the physical skill set make for its large dips in effectiveness. And I think that I, frankly, I think that having him in tier three was probably me being optimistic about where he's going to be physically this year. I thought so. I mean, I thought I thought so. What about uh, what about Wiggins? Wiggins is, I hate to focus on him, and maybe it's <laughs> me being too into like online. But actually, it's a hundred percent me being too into online bubbles. Uh, I just the I ranking. F- yeah, I Ooh. feel like there is this perception of the impact Wiggins gave the Warriors that's been pushed by the Warriors, who are a PR juggernaut. You know, reminiscent Ooh. of peak Stalin. Uh, Soviet Union and just incredible. Yeah. And kind of who he really was as a player. And I feel like you kind of get to the core of it a little better than most people, which is it's a fine rotation wing, but like for the, for the price point. Yeah, no, but it's like, so part of doing the, the, the tiers is I'm not doing it like any sort of quote unquote asset value ranking. So I don't like, okay, remove his contract. What do you think of him just as a player? Like he, yes, he's overpaid. He's he's paid like a tier two guy, but he's not. But if you just you just you know open market, what is what does Andrew Wiggins like get from a from a, a not dumb team this summer? Does he get in the high teens? Does he get into the twenties? Eh, maybe. Like I don't Jeremy think that's Grant a Grant contract. Maybe yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah. I think that's you know, or, and, and uh-huh. he's, I don't is he as good as Jeremy Grant? I don't think so. But he's not like massively worse. I mean, I think Jeremy sure. Grant is you know at least this year like somewhat surprising to me jeremy grant showed more with the me ball too. In his hands oh, that that than uh than, than wiggins has for for much of his career uh, so no but he like everything you said about him you know at the start uh, about him you know being a you know a solid finisher on offense um and and a you know above average defender while not being you know a a not being either a lockdown individual guy or an elite level help defender is still a very good, you know, big athletic perimeter defender. Uh, and that goes a long way. So I think, yeah, does that, does that put you in, you know, the 125 or so ish top players in the league for winning a championship this year? I think so. I mean, let's put it this way. How upset are you if Andrew Wiggins is your fifth starter? If you're trying to win a championship. 
Now he can't be your fifth starter because he makes too much money. But that's you know that unless that's you get outside. lucky, yeah, right. Unless unless wise, yeah. And and I think the hugely hilarious, but not really hilarious thing about this is that D'Angelo Russell is in the same tier <laughs> as Andrew Wiggins here, and I, and, and I think that's hilarious. I, I said it at the time that I would have rather had Wiggins than Russell straight up, and right Warriors Warriors getting a getting a you know a, a free pick out of it was. Uh, was was nice. That was a that was a good rescue of 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 a bad move to to uh right to to bring in Russell in the first place, who just never made any sense. We don't need to relitigate it, but that was yeah. <laughs> that's that's another podcast. Yeah, that we <laughs> that's, that's a podcast you've done several times, I'm sure. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, should we close it on here? I want to throw this one out here. This is just purely for fun. So Blue Wire threw out a question which was which former warrior player would you add to this roster? And it's a random assortment. So I, I want to get, I want to get you guys across this one. So it's David Lee, Monte Ellis, Baron Davis, oh Jaron or Jason Richardson and Chris Mullen. Ooh. Let's say we're living in a time of scene and you can take the best version of them that played for the warriors. So not, you know, not a Hornets, Baron Davis, or Knicks, David Lee, if that's your, your flavor. <laughs> or Dallas Mavericks, Monte, if that's your flavor. Uh, the best version of those players who played for the Warriors, which one of those players would you want on the Warriors, and how would you feel about the team if you had them? Can none do- of them play defense. So let's, let's, let's <laughs> stick that aside. Uh, Baron, Baron uh, occasionally get deed up a little bit. Uh, I, I'm, I would lean, I think I would lean towards Mullen. I, would, I saw your face. But Mullen at the end, and, <laughs> yeah. but I, I want to hear a case. I presume it's just it's the shooting. I mean, it's, I mean, everything we talked about about you know multiple players being able to read and react and make plays and have high basketball feel. I mean, let's put it this way: Would you rather have any of those those other four guys or Joe Ingles? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear, yeah, I hear you. That's, um, it's that's a that is a facile. I would, comparison I would take, I would take Baron Davis guys. over Joe Ingles pretty clearly, but um, but I think I would also go with Chris Mullen. So I, w- I would have went with uh, – now here, I caveat on this. I didn't watch Chris Mullen. I'm going with Baron Davis pretty easily because Baron Davis at his peak with the Warriors was a pretty incredible two-way player. He was good defensively. Um, now, maybe I'm just – maybe I just – the Weebly stuff kind of – kind of I'm kind of blurred now. But he also was the um, really good uh, shot creator. Um, and so they, they needed another guy like that, and he could guard point guards and kind of be that guy where it's like they're kind of hoping Jordan Poole is that guy right now. <laughs> Uh, Baron Davis was that guy, so I, I'd go with him. A couple of the other guys don't really make sense. David Lee coming back would be pretty funny. How, how much? How how much does how much does does Davis bring off the ball? Not much. That's and that's that's where I'm. I'm, I'm maybe that that's sort of where where I'm caught. Yeah, they'd have to uh, they'd have to do what Steve Kerr loves. I think you might be muted, Sam. But the, the Steve Kerr loves best is just, hey man, Steph Curry off ball, baby. More Steph Curry off ball, the happier Steve is. If you could turn him into JJ Redick, the better. No, I, I think end of day they still need they just need someone. Like when you talked about uh, uh, Steph and, and Memphis, a lot of the times it felt to me like yeah he did turn the ball over a lot, but man they just needed him to have the ball every step of the way because did you see how JTA looked scared out there? Angel Wiggins was petrified out there. Like those guys were just absolutely they they just played like they weren't ready, which I mean kind of they weren't. Right. Like they just it was their first time playing in a do or die situation and they just forced Steph to do pretty much everything. Um, and well, I think and, somebody and, else. And, and it was, you know, he, he you know, Dylan Brooks is face guarding him the whole game and fouling <laughs> him a fair amount. And and it's my favorite player, Dylan Brooks. Uh, no, he's not. Um, uh, to Eric name who's, who's going to give me crap for that. Uh, but no. So but. That's again the size comes in because it wasn't just it was it was the face guarding, but also the fact that a guy who probably had forty pounds on stuff was just leaning on him for you know forty minutes, mm-hmm. and and that's you know for any player that that's probably going to take a little bit out of your legs, and 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 not having you know not having anyone else who could initiate, yeah, that that was that was that was problematic. On the other hand, a guy who was a pretty mediocre shooter and high turnover player himself in the way that, that even at his best Baron Davis was get that, that starts to verge into maybe a little Westbrookian territory. Yeah. Ooh. 
<sighs> yeah. So so let's say, let's say it is Chris Mullen. Pete Chris Mullen averaged twenty six. Whoo. And four assists and you know six seven rebounds. And wasn't allowed to shoot threes. No, I was going to say automatic from the mid range, but played in an era where shooting from seventeen was better than shooting from twenty three. Uh, he was one of the best shooters of his era. Period. So let's let's assume he's a forty percent three point shooter in this era because he. He probably would be, let's be real. I mean, he shot like 90% from free throw line. There's very little reason to think he couldn't be a confident three-point shooter. Uh, not much of a defender. Where, where where are you with the Warriors if you add a player like, like I don't even think there's an NBA equivalent to his skill set in 2021. Um, Man, I, it might I, be I, Clay Thompson in, in, in a couple months. <laughs> I'm kidding. Shots, I'm kidding. Shots. I'm kidding. Clay would, I'm kidding. Clay would be lucky to handle like that. I'm but, kidding. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, is either either like either Bogdanovich is 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 sort of in there? Like sure. Uh, but uh, who's, Boy, wait, 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 which one? Both of them. Which which one? Okay. Yeah. No, Boy, Boyan's a little bit bigger, and and I think uh, Bogdan is is probably a little bit more creative with the ball in his hands. A little more shape, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But somewhere in there is is those, those are pretty good players. But you add on top of that, I think that I mean I think that you're, I think he would be a, a pretty elite shooter in today's game. I mean like you know Joe Ingles is better is bigger, but um, probably not as as good a shooter or or aggressive and creative an offensive player. Sure. Uh, but so, I mean again the 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 left the slow lefty white guy comparison is is almost inevitable, but. I, I, but I do think that that style of player, it can be, you know, pretty useful. Okay. Or, you know, there are a number of players in, in today's game who um, have turned being slow into an advantage. I mean, the best, you know? one of the best scores in the NBA is Luka Doncic. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, well, I thought uh, you were going to go with Jokic, but same. Yeah, no, well. but. <laughs> But I mean, even you can even go further down the line, not to make the comparison because they're completely different styles of player. But Kyle Anderson, um, right? It's it's guys who because they've always been slow, know how to use their lack of speed to give themselves enough time to do whatever they want to do, and that's you know that that, that was something that Chris Mullen could do. Which, by the way, might bring into it. Oh, we're wrapping up. It could do another hour, but skill versus kind of size athleticism is always fascinating. And, and you look at the Warriors, they kind of, in my opinion, pick the size athleticism over skill with Wiseman over LaMelo. And then, and then they pick Kaminga, who's kind of, maybe a little bit got both, but Josh Giddy was on the board. And I think not, not at seven, but I think the Warriors liked him and he had a bunch of skill. And I mean, he went maybe less. Six, so no, so. I know, I know like he, he went before them, but I think the Warriors liked him a lot. Um, just in terms of someone who has a lot of skill, maybe less, less, less size and stuff, but, but I, it's interesting debate. Interesting debate. Yeah, no, it's, that, that sort of contradicts what I said earlier about like needing that that size and athleticism. But <laughs> even just, but just even having, you know, Chris Chris Mullen's six seven, so that's it's, it's, he's not a not a small guy. He might not be. He might not have like a huge athleticism, but he's not small. It's different than than you know trying to get away with you know the the you know the the six two the DJ Augustines of the world, um, who who just can't be on the floor in in like a second round playoff series. Yeah. 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 All right, Seth, we appreciate you. You have anything you want to plug before you chat here? Oh, do I? Uh, um, I, have a, I have a book coming out in November. It's called The Mid-Range Theory. It's talking about uh, a lot of what we've talked about here. Um, basically trying to um, combine some of the analytics stuff that I've done with, you know, look at uh, player skill development and, and strategic development in the NBA to explain kind of why, uh, today's style looks the way it does and and also hopefully to better explain what analytics actually is since it gets sort of boogeyman yes. into yes. just shoot threes or, or or something like that or or being something that that is somehow or whip your neck back and get a foul yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's not that's not analytics that's that's uh that's gamesmanship but you know so what they used to say about the sec if you're not cheating you're not trying <laughs> Well, I'm excited to check it out, man. And we appreciate you stopping by, and we'll have to get you on some part this season. Absolutely. Thanks thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com